first time joining me welcome aboard i go by the name of tornado i come in to educate and hopefully inspire from a faith-based perspective to help encourage healing of the mind body and spirit that may have been damaged from abuse related traumas those of you that have been with me before welcome back you know how i do it come in somewhere in between 8 30 ish uh gdt time that's god's divine time that's how we do it around here with everything that's going on so let's get into it so I won't hold you guys long, but we're going to talk about good crops, right? Sowing and reaping. Just a few other things that's necessary. I'm so glad to see you, Karen. Um, just a few other things that's necessary, right? To take, and you know, our scripture tells us not to worry, right? Worry, worry. Anxiety scripture tells us just put it all aside, right? So let's take some of that worry and anxiety and go over a few things that we can do towards creating and harvesting good crops, right? And, and a lot of the times we get, it's easy to get wrapped up in the details that we lose sight of the most important goal. And the most important goal to me, and I'm quite sure Karen will probably agree, is the end, right? We're aiming for the end zone. The same way when they're out there on the football field, they're aiming towards the end zone. They're trying to get that touchdown. That touch touchdown for us is eternity, that eternal kingdom. That's where we're shooting for. We're shooting for the end zone. We're looking ahead, doing things now. They're gonna line us up and get us in proper position right so we're in that lamb's book of life so when he starts calling those names we're like hey i am not worried i'm standing here i know he gonna say to the right to the right to the right right that's what we wanted that's what we're aiming towards so let's look at it here one of the first things that we can do to ensure good crops is plant seeds of love and lord knows the world needs it right now with everything that i'm seeing across the news across social media i'm like where is the love i am not feeling it right so when you see a problem what do people most often say do well we can start right karen eternal life we can look around to someone else to solve the problem but to me i've learned when you you see a problem when you see a need why sit around and wait let's be the one to spark that change right planting seeds of love and if we look at john 15 and 10 and i like the new living translation when you obey my commandments you remain in my love just as i obey my father's commandments and remain in his love so that's saying if we keep his commands if we keep his commandments not one not two not three not four how many of them karen all of them right we'll remain intimately at home in his love 
One of the things you can do, pray and ask God to help you to obey all of his laws, not some, not part, but all of his laws, right? So that there isn't anything in the way. You don't have to go through a checklist worrying and in, in anxiety, right? If we're keeping those commandments, we should not have to worry about anything keeping us from the fullness of his love and having that to spread through us, right? And also ask him when you're in petition in prayer and say, God, make your love in me, have it abide in me so strong and flowing through my heart that it just overflows onto others out in this world that so desperately needs it right now. Amen. And ask God to plant his love in you in such a profound and powerful way. Have you ever been standing, you know, with a group of people or have people walk into a room and they're like, wow, it's something about you. Wow. I feel comfortable. I feel something different. Wow. You know, and you can just say, that's that Jesus love. That's that God love. And that's a sign that that's overflowing, right? That, that it's just overflowing out of you and going through and just catching on that spark, that ripple effect that we've talked about before, right? Number two, plant seeds of joy, right? If you look at John, if you jump down and look at John 15 and 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Oftentimes we like to link our circumstances with our joy. Hey, welcome Miss Farrell. We like to link joy and circumstance together, but the two of those have nothing to do with, with each other. It's easy to pacify our flesh, our minds and say, well, you know, if my circumstances were different, I could have a lot more joy. Well, we've seen stories of where people say, if I had more money, I'd have more joy. Well, that's not the case. You know, we see millionaires, we see billionaires. There's some lonely, hurting people, right? So your circumstances does not connect with your joy in any type of way. You have to get to the point where you have joy in spite of difficult times, in, in spite of hurtful problems, no matter what you're going through, that's the time to elevate that joy. The bigger the problem, the worse the hurt, the more you should celebrate in joy, right? Because joy comes through having that close, intimate relationship with God, being able to go to him, living in the the joy of the Lord, right? It gives you those expectations. You know, without a doubt that he's going to do something great in your life. Being in, living in the joy of the Lord tells you, Hmm, this thing that my flesh is trying to tell me is for bad. I know because of the joy that I have in the Lord, that this is for good. I don't know what it is right now. As I often say, I had no idea what the years of um, being molested from six and a half up to 16 and a half. I had no understanding or concept of how to find joy in that or what his plan was, right? Then being raped at 17, then enduring many, many years of bullying, right? And you've heard me say, that, and then from that, going off into running from all of that in the past and figuring I would find security living in 
in the homosexual lifestyle, but realizing, wait a minute, this isn't the purpose and plan that God had for me. And answering that call and understanding and stepping out of all of that and understanding and finding and being able to celebrate the joy in it. So when people say, oh, I'm sorry of what you went through. And I say, no, 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 don't be sorry. I understand it now. I can celebrate in that joy and understand all of those years, what I ran from, all of that anger that I built up, you know, and couldn't find joy in all of those years. I was in confusion and did not understand how to celebrate because God turned it all into good, all of it into good. And I'm able to share my testimony, inspire others, right? And it's just such a wonderful feeling now to be able to say, my, 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 I understand it. And I'm going to celebrate in joy. So I always tell people, don't shed tears for me because I now understand it. I celebrate in it. So when new storms start to surface, hey, I am not worried about, I am not worried about this. I know that there's a reason for this. I know somewhere within God's will. So I'm going to go ahead and keep my joy and I'm going to elevate and praise him during this time because this too shall pass. Amen. And we also want to go in and pray and ask the Lord to plant and manifest that joy so deep into us that when it's time to start reaping our harvest from that, it spreads like a wildfire and just takes off. It's like that ripple effect again through a pond to where other people are like, why are you so happy? What are you so joyous about? Didn't you just lose your house? Didn't you just lose your car? Didn't you just lose your job? Yes, but I'm celebrating in joy because I know God has other plans and I'm just waiting on that to manifest. And until it manifests, I'm still going to celebrate. Amen. Hey, Mother Sandra, so glad to see you. That's the attitude. That's the faith that we have to have, right? As I say, 99 and a half won't do, right? We have to come full throttle with this. The third one, plant seeds of peace. If we look at Philippians 4 and 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. So what we want to do is pray that the presence of the Lord planted in our life will just give us peace that just blows minds, right? Beyond comprehension to where people are like, I don't understand why you're so happy. How can you be so peaceful right now? And you're just sitting back like... Mm -mm. And you're just enjoying that peace, the peace of the Lord, no matter what circumstance, right? And each time darts are thrown at you, each time you go through something, it gets stronger and stronger. And you're able to keep that peace and prevail over any situation that you're going through, right? And we also know that true peace is also tied in with that direct intimate, living, one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. Welcome, welcome. God bless you. So glad to have you all, right? And we also want to go in when we're standing in. Uh, and as I always say, it's important, you know, we always ask other people, pray for me, pray for me. We have to go in for ourselves as well. He wants to hear it from our mouths. He knows our hearts. He knows what we want. He knows, right? But he wants to hear it from us. So when you are working on building that relationship with God, going in and saying, God, 
Help me to know a peace that is so powerful that it brings peace to those around me. Have you ever seen somebody come in and just command and calm a room with the peace that they carry with them? And they just walk through and it just seems to quiet and hush things, right? The same way, you know, remember when the storm was brewing and the way he, God spoke to the storm when the disciples was like, do you not care about, do you see this storm that's brewing? And you know, what did he do? He got up off of his nice cushion and he said, peace, be still. Have you ever been in a room or walked past someone with a strong presence like that? They just seem to have a peace, a hush over them to where you're just like, Ooh, that's deep. And you can just feel it, right? So when you're praying, ask God, give you that type of peace. So when you see situations that are, you know, rising, that are getting climactic, that are getting out of control, when everybody's arguing, you know, things are just in pure chaos. Ask God to give you that powerful peace to where when you walk onto the scene, you bring that calmness. You bring, you speak to that storm that's brewing and say, hey, hey, let's calm this down. Let's bring it down, right? Ask God for that type of peace, that overflowing peace. The fourth thing that you can do to ensure that you're planting good crops and you're going to sow and reap a good harvest, plant seeds of self-control. Seeds of self-control. If we look at 2 Peter 1, 5 and 6, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. And I also want to juxtapose and add in Proverbs 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And that scripture translates to say, it's like a city that's unprotected, a city that's unable to defend itself. Any and everybody can come through and wreak havoc. Any and everything can go on in that city because there are no walls to protect it, right? But self-control, it requires a mighty strength, a strength that is solid, right? When it comes to anything, even down to simple food, right? Self-control saying, Lord, whoo, I really want this whole pizza, but I know I shouldn't eat this. It's going to give me heart problems. It's going to give me a little extra on the hips, you know, and what's that saying? A moment on the hips lasts a long time. Uh, a moment on the lips lasts a long time on the hips. And we're looking at it. Well, it takes self-control, right? Going through the, in, in so many situations, dealing with coworkers to where you're just wanting to do that snap back, but you're like self-control. Ooh, self-control. I can make it through this shift. I know the Lord has me here for a reason. I can make it through this shift. Road rage, self-control. You know traffic is going to be bumper to bumper, especially here in Houston. So there is no way you can leave knowing that it's going to take you 45 minutes to get somewhere and you leave 10 minutes still. You're just asking for self-control problems, right? So sometimes we have to put those barriers and those, I call them triggers, you know, in place to where we don't I have to have our self-control tested like that, right? It requires a mighty strength, a strength that is solid, right? A strength of such magnitude that when people see it, they're like, 
That's all God. That is God. Because this person right here that I used to know, there is no way that Torah can have this kind of self-control on her own. That is all God, right? Please pray for me for self-control over Pepsi. I'm telling, see, that's one of the things that I had to deal with. And a friend of mine kept telling me, Torah, leave that soda alone. It's killing your knees. It's killing your knees. And one day I noticed, I heard my knees popping. So I said, I'm going to test it. I'm going to stop drinking soda. And I did for almost a month. And I started flexing my knees. The popping went away. So she was correct. And I had to have self-control to go back and say, you know what? You sure was right. You was right about that. So self-control, you know, and it's not, it, it, not just big things, little things. Each movement, each action from the time that we wake up requires self-control. And a self-control, right, that we know that God has his hand in that planting so good fruit comes out on the other side of that self-control, right? So when you're praying, ask God for that discipline to reign in over your passions, over your desires, over your emotions so they are subject to his spirit. God, help me control my desires. Help me control my actions so they are subject in accordance with your spirit and shows and glorifies your name. Amen. That's what we have to do. Pray for strength to not be powerless against those forces that tug at your soul. You know how you can be going along minding your own business and out of nowhere, you're like, oh, maybe I should call them. They probably didn't mean it, you know. Yeah, he probably really is going to leave his wife. She probably really is going to leave her husband. You know what? Just one cigarette won't hurt. You know what? Just a little sip of alcohol, it won't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Ask for self-control. Ask God to plant self-control so deep within you that it's planted, as the scripture says, like a tree standing by the water that it is so deep and the roots are so gnarled down in there that people are like yep that's self-control and that's self-control that god is in control of number five plant seeds of faithfulness if we look at luke 16 and 10 i like the new living translation on this one if you're faithful in little things you will be faithful in large ones but if you're dishonest in little things you won't be honest with greater responsibilities right when we're steadfast when we're solid when we're dependable when we're loyable loyal when we're trustworthy when we do what's right no matter whether the camera's on us whether the camera's off when we do what's right especially when no one is looking right we exist Exhibit faithfulness. And, and we want to pray that his faithfulness will continually grow in us, right? To keep us grounded, to keep us no matter, especially when no one's watching, that we're going to continue to do what's right and be faithful. Ask for that to manifest itself. Hey, Brother Ben, so glad to see you, my brother. Ask God to manifest that so deep in you that nothing can come along. No temptation can come along. And, and as I always say, sin is sin, no matter how big or how small. If the sign says 75 and you blowing through there doing 95 because you late for work, that's the same as the sin of the person that's out robbing and stealing because you're not obeying the laws of the land. So one sin 
sin does not outweigh the other. Sin is sin. You put it all in one bowl, it's still one big bowl of sin. So being faithful over little things, big things, God will reward that, right? And pray for that faithfulness, right? That faithfulness strengthens everything that you touch. And the bit, one of the biggest things that uh, people see it and it's exhibited in such a way that it inspires them to say, you know what? I, ooh, Brother Ben is such a faithful man. I want to be like that, right? Ask God to, to plant that type of faithfulness within you so deep that others are inspired and desire to see it and say, I want that type of faithfulness. How do you get that? And you say, well, it's not a secret. Let me tell you about my God. So it opens that door for you to be able to go in and also glorify God's name, right? And, and, and one of the other things I want to put in here, continually working on it, continually playing for these, uh, praying for these things, right? And the Lord often determines whether or not we're ready to assume greater responsibilities by testing what we do with the small details, right? If you cannot be faithful and diligent over $5, over $10, if your hungry neighbor passes you and you say, well, I ain't got but $20, but that neighbor has no dollars and you could go over, get a cup of ramen, water, whatever, you know, you that $20 can be stretched a long way. I've done it more than once. So God is going to look and say, why should I give you more if you can't be faithful, if you can't be a good steward with the little bit that you have, right? He knows that a person's faithfulness is not measured by the amount that's entrusted to them, but, but by the character of the person who's using each of the things that he has given. It's chose, it, 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 it's, it shows by your character and what you do with it. So make sure you're mindful of the little things when you're asking for bigger things. And the one thing I have learned is once you start to be diligent and working and giving with the little bit that you have, remember the widow that said, all I have is a little oil. She said, all I have is a little all this is all I got all and we say that all, but you know what all I got is but then start putting behind that changing expanding your mindset and say all I got is but how can I stretch this to share with my brother how can I stretch this to do a little bit of good in this world right and by doing that, it helps to teach honesty, reliability, and effectiveness, right? Through our lifestyle, it shows and it just glows like a movie on a big screen, right? Not just words and teaching, but it displays itself when we do these things. And when people see the fruit, they recognize your true character. When they see the fruit that's hanging off of your tree, it's not rotten, it's not withered, it's good, healthy fruit, right? Uh, uh, let's look at one more here. Plant seeds of gentleness, right? And you remember the scripture, Luke 18, uh, 15 and 17. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never 
enter it. Humble yourself. Sometimes you say, well, I'm grown. That's for, I'm grown. Sometimes we have to take ourselves back down to that childlike state. And remember when he had to even rebuke the disciples, you know, when the disciples saw, you know, the people saying, just touch my child, heal my child. And the disciples was like, no, no, no. And the Lord was like, no, no, no. And he called the children to them. And that's where that Luke 18, 15 and 17 is saying, no, let the children come. And I'm quite sure the disciples probably was looking like, well, I guess he just told us, right? So sometimes, right, we have to humble ourselves. And he used children to illustrate how even the most powerful, the most educated, and the most wealthy, no matter who you are or what you have, will still need to humble yourself and demonstrate total dependence, trust, and openness, right, to God's will in each of our lives, right? We want to do one last one here. Plant seeds of goodness, right? Show concern for the unlikely. Hey, Joan, glad to see you. Joan's over there in Trinidad talking about perfect timing, Joan, talking about planting seeds of goodness. Joan, her organization, Our Children, the Future, collected loads of toys in California. Before Joan left California, all of those toys, guys, um, went over to Trinidad. And if you know anything about getting something out of the States over into Trinidad, over into Jamaica, into the barrels, it is not an easy thing. All of those toys made it to Trinidad ahead of Joan. And, and if you go and look at Our Children the Future Facebook page, you can see the hundreds when I'm saying hundreds of smiling families, of smiling kids from Jones Organization, planting seeds of goodness, right? So let's talk about it. And showing concern for the unlikely. It's easy to pass that person on the street and say, well, if they'd go get a job, well, if they wouldn't have, you know, if they would have worked harder, they wouldn't have ended up homeless. Well, if they wouldn't have, you know, it's easy to look and judge that way, right? But that's not what scripture tells us. Let's look here. Y'all remember old Zacchaeus, little short Zacchaeus. Y'all remember little short? <laughs> he probably wasn't that short. Y'all remember little short Zacchaeus though? And he was trying to climb up in the tree and remember when Jesus was passing and he like hey Zacchaeus bring yourself on down here and I can just see little Zacchaeus you know and I would just wonder how short the man was right because I'm about five three and a half point two six inches uh somewhere around there, right? So if Zacchaeus was any shorter than that, my God, bless his little heart. Bless his little heart, right? But you know, Jesus was like, come on down here, Zacchaeus. I need to stay at your house today, right? And you remember when the people saw that, hey, Mother Clark, they were like, what is he messing around with Zacchaeus? Because y'all know Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector and the people did not like him, right? Showing concern for the unlikely, planting seeds of goodness. I'm telling you, Santa didn't give gifts for all the needy kids for the same reason God doesn't heal anyone. Well, I'm not sure where you're going with that one, but my scripture tells me differently. But here, uh, you know, when he looked up in that sycamore tree and saw him, and the people are like, why is he going to stay at Zacchaeus' house, right? Jesus is going to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus was so moved, right, by God's attention that he stood and said, what? Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I 
I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation comes to this house. If you want to follow up on that, that's in Luke 19 verses one through nine, right? So planting seeds of goodness. You don't always have to be there to see it grow. We were talking about that in prayer ministry. Sometimes we're so anxious and we want to plant the seed. We want to water the seed. We want to watch it continually move on to continue, you know, from beginning to end. But sometimes just planting that seed, allowing someone else, to come along and water that seed, right? That's what we have to do. But God told the kids, he said, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, right? Jesus showed his concern for the most unlikely people so we can learn great lessons from these situations that may seem insignificant. So planting seeds of goodness and making sure to show concern for the unlikely. Don't just look and judge. Just say, you know what? It's not my problem how they ended up where they are, but what can I do to help them, right? So if you've not been bearing, if you've not been seeing the uh, the fruit of the spirit, the way you would like to see it manifested in your life, right? Uh, what was the question here? I'm not sure what Mark's got going on there, but God bless them. Uh, you know what? Ask God to plant good seeds, right? Go in and begin and say, God, show me the weeds. Show me so I can start to pull those from around my spirit, from around my soul. So that way I can harvest good crops, right? Ask God to pull those weeds that may have grown up and may have pulled down your good vines, right? Holding you back from what you're trying to do, right? Feed the soil of your heart with the food of God's word. Ask the Holy Spirit to water it with fresh water every day, that fresh living water, right? And abide faithfully in the vine, and I guarantee you'll produce a good crop. Abide faithfully in the vine. I uh, can't see. Hey, Marilyn, glad to see you. Just about to wrap up. So let's run back through those real quick here. So the first one, to ensure good crops, sowing and reaping, plant seeds of love. Love, right? Number two, planting seeds of joy. Number three, planting seeds of peace. In the fourth one, planting seeds of self-control. The fifth one was planting seeds of faithfulness. And number six, plant seeds of gentleness. And I threw in a bonus with number seven, plant seeds of goodness, showing concern for the unlikely, right? And if you know the scripture, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. If you plant and ask God to help you with those things, right? As I say, it will take a lot of the anxiety and the worry, which the scripture tells us, don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything by going through, making sure we're planting good seeds with these different crops, right? Throughout each of these different things. And I can also throw in a last one here, plant seeds of productivity. You remember the parable where Jesus was talking to him and he gave them 
<laughs> he gave him the talents, right? The uh, So the man who had received the five talents brought his master 10, right? The individual who had received 10 talents returned to give his master 20. But the man with one talent said, look, I was afraid of you and I went and hid it in the ground. So here's the one that belongs to you. Now what happened? What did Jesus say? You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scat scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who had tens, right? No one has any suitable excuse for not taking what God has given to each of us and multiplying what God has gave us. And that's not just in the form of money. That is the, in the form of whatever your purpose, whatever every spiritual gift you have, multiplying that and sending it back out, continuing to continually produce and harvest and reap and sow good fruits, right? Some, when we, when we look at those, we automatically, our mind says, whoop, this is related to money. No, 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 that is not all, it's not all encompassing on money. It's how are you taking your talents? How are you being productive with what God has given you? That purpose, that identity, whatever it is because each of us have it and if you haven't figured out i hear so many people well i don't know what my purpose is go into that intercession and say lord father god guide me on the path show me what it is that i'm missing and oftentimes as i say it doesn't look the way that we want it to look and, and when we realize we're like hmm that was my purpose all along that's what i'm here for so let's go through a quick prayer and wrap this up. I thank you guys so much for being here. Father God, Lord God, search our hearts, Father God. Replace all that is wrong, anything in our character, Father God, with goodness in yours, Father. Plant the fruit of your spirit in us and cause it to flourish, Father God. Help us to abide in you, Jesus, so that we will bear fruit in our lives, Father. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill us with your fresh love today, Father God, so that it flows out of us in all over into the lives of others while glorifying your name, Father God. You said in your word to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, Father. I pray that your peace will rule in our hearts and minds to such a degree that when people would sense it when they are around us, Father, help us to pursue the things which make for peace, Father, and the things by which one may edify another, Father God. Father, give us joy that knowing you produces. Make us patient with others so that we reflect your character to them. Help us to be kind whenever there's an opportunity for it, Father God. May your goodness flow through us so that we will do good to each and every person that you send across our path, Father. Make us to be faithful people so that we can be trusted in all things, Father. Father, I ask that you go in and you prune us where we need to be pruned in order to bear fruit as we submit ourselves to you. Father, we know that without you, we can do nothing. You are the vine and we are the branches, Father God. We must abide in you in order to bear fruit. Help us to do that, Lord. 
Thank you for your promise that if we abide in you and your word, Father God, it abides in us. We can ask you for what we desire and it will be done for us, Father God. May we be like trees planted by the rivers of your living water so that we will bring forth fruit in seasons that won't wither, Father. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. I ask that the fruit of your spirit will grow in us and be recognized clearly by all who see us so that it glorifies you, Father God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being with me tonight. I hope you heard something. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Ben, that, you know, maybe inspired your heart a little bit. Or as uh, Mayo likes to say, a little something to ponder, right? But, uh, you know, with these holidays and everything, and, you know, like I said, it's the it's the big push, right, for the new year. Next year, I'm going to do this. Let's start now. Let's not wait until that clock, that 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's start now. Abide faithfully in the vine and begin to produce good crops. Until next time, I love you guys. I truly, truly do. Until next time, you know what's coming. Walk good, do good, be good. Tornado, I'm out of here. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.